As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel, and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings on. How do you have time to consume all this content? You're listening to Dave Spadaro interviews? I, I take a morning bike ride and I listen to Oh, oh I want to hear more it about is. that, but go ahead. No, the Schuylkill Trail. I, I oh, really? Oh, wow. Yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends. Craning Camp, day one, Wednesday, July 28th. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing great. What's going uh, on? What I'm do you think so- of Carson Wentz not being vaccinated? <laughs> well, I'm so happy training camp is here. It was it was great to see you in person. Great to it was the first time I've seen Jalen Hurts. Like in, well, I, I saw Jalen Hurts in person in practices and in, and in and in games, but the first time we've been able to speak to him in person. Uh, so it what was. Do you think about those thighs. I didn't put much thought into them to be mm. honest with you, uh, but it was. It was great. Thighs, just like Jane Wolf. Yeah, it was it was great to be back at Novacare. Uh, and I get the same excitement I had 10 years ago pulling into Lehigh University for training camp. It's 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 good to be there. OK, uh, so we got I mean, we got a lot to get to. We, we got yes. the first practice to talk about, uh, you know, some depth chart notes who shined plays of the day. We heard from Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni about. Uh, a bunch of different things, the quarterbacks, the vaccination status of the team. We mm-hmm. talked to several players in uh, press conference settings. So uh, let's get to it all. Do you want to do you want to do a Stone Cold Newsman? I feel like the whole show is going to be a Stone Cold Newsman. I don't want to put you in that. Sure. I, yeah, no, I, just get I to the Quactus report. I don't think we need to cue the music, but I, I do think we should give just a few quick notes at the top here. You mentioned the vaccination rate. It is important because the league has incentivized players to get vaccinated and, and teams to pass a certain threshold. And the Eagles have passed that threshold. The Eagles are at uh, over no, or more than 90% of their players 
have started the vaccination process. So correct started me if I'm the wrong. Process, right. The way I interpreted that was they got at least one shot. Is that how you interpreted it? Yes, I think so. Okay. Or, yes. And then he 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 sort of said like, "Or are planning to?" Um, but I I, I the, the main takeaway is that the the clear majority of the roster is is has at least had one shot. Yes, uh, which is a positive development for for the team. Um, well, I, I mean, you could say it's a positive development for society as well. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, exactly. Right, from it's, a, good, it's good for the city yes, of Philadelphia. Yes. Yes. But from a, a football perspective, uh, like we said, that that there are uh, strong restrictions against players that are not vaccinated and, and, and teams that are not at that 85 percent threshold. So the fact that the Eagles have surpassed that uh, is beneficial to them. And, and we'll see what happens in terms of them getting to 100%. So that And there are there are small things about it too. Like you know both Brandon Graham and, and Jason Kelsey were talking about this, you know, like last year under the guidelines, you know, when you're when you're working out as a team in the weight room. Like you can't first of all you can't be in there as a team. You have to be in in smaller groups and you have to stay distance when you're in there. You know, you had to go to the cafeteria and get your meal and go and Jason Kelsey was saying like, you know, I was sitting down to to lunch at the cafeteria like you know just you know having fun with the boys and you know you didn't even realize how much you missed it and you realize that this is like one of your favorite parts about football so not that like who knows what kind of difference that makes on the field but uh it does you know as you are as you're building a new team culture like you know this new organization with under Sirianni it, it makes sense that you would want to have guys be able to to be around each other you're absolutely he also said there. you know correctly We'll see how things go here because uh, the Delta variant is coming. So we, we don't know how long these restrictions are going to last. He said that as well. Correct. Uh, so, yeah, so the Eagles, uh, I mean, if, if you just do the math, they have uh, at most nine players who have right. not yet been vaccinated. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, cert- but It'll almost every to see what happens when we get Darius Slay to the podium. <laughs> but almost every player. Uh, is at that number in terms of now I will get to everything Jalen hurts. Yes, correct. Uh, Now we'll get to everything personnel wise, but just a few housekeeping items that, that we should get to Rodney McLeod uh, and LaRaven Clark placed on the uh, PUP list. The reason that's important is because that preserves the possibility that they could go on the PUP list to begin the season. If they practice at any point this summer, they cannot go on, on the pup list to begin the season. Same thing with Landon Dickerson. He's on the NFI list. The reason why he's not on the pup list is because his injury occurred before he was in the NFL. And the uh, PUP list, if you start the season, the rules for that are you have to stay on it for at least six weeks before you can week. practice, and then you can come off at any time. So my right. guess is that McLeod and Dickerson will not start the season on PUP and Clark will. That's what I am assuming as well. Yeah. Correct. And then Clark Andrew Kutler Adams Achilles uh, in December. Correct. And then Andrew Adams, Matt Leo, Alex Singleton were placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. Uh, that, that list is for players who either tested positive or have been in close contact with uh, someone or a group of people who have tested positive as well. And we don't know, you know, we don't know their vaccination statuses. Yes. We don't know whether they've tested positive, as you said. And there are differences in the protocol for if you have tested positive Correct. and you're vaccinated. It's I think you just have to wait 
for being asymptomatic and uh, I think two negative tests within a 24-hour period. Within 24 hours, correct. Whereas if you have not been vaccinated, it's a full 10-day waiting period. Exactly, exactly. So we will monitor the status of those three players. Uh, yeah, and then there were some uh, some regular injuries to get to. Yes. Uh, which we can go through. I think the, the main one, uh, the main surprising one that is significant being Isaac Sayamalu, um, the left guard who is out uh, who is week to week with a hamstring injury, and uh, we can we can get to all the depth chart stuff. But Nate Herbig took the first team reps there. Uh, Jalen Rager, lower body tightness day to day. Quez Watkins still completing his physical day to day. That's a fun one to get the story on. I don't know what the deal is there. Uh, Shaquille Taylor, the cornerback, day to day with a lower body. Nate Meadows, the defensive back, week to week with a hamstring injury, and Greg Ward day-to-day with a non-COVID illness. Yeah, that's 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 always important to classify, right? Because, you know, people can still get mm. sick right now, right? But if if, if someone is is, is coughing in the or, cabeza. <laughs> you know, you yeah, worried. So yes, Greg Ward, non-COVID illness at the moment. So I think we should I think we should actually save like like what we thought of practice for after we talk about uh Sirianni and Roseman. I think that should be really what we lead with, don't you? I'm following your lead. You're the point guard here. Well, it was it was um, unusual. Um, you know, we don't usually hear from Howie Roseman until cut day. That's the only time we talk to him during the season unless they make a trade. And so we get word after practice, you know, we're expecting Nick Sirianni that Howie Roseman is going to join this press conference. So, you know, your your reporter antenna goes up. What's going on here? And uh, you know, I think I think we speculated that it was probably going to be about the, the vaccination status, but there could have been something going on. And it was kind of a, an interesting dynamic. We don't usually we don't usually get Howie at this point. Correct. Now, yeah, this is since Howie came back into power. It's it's, it's been uh, whether if they had a big transaction, he would talk. Then obviously cut down day. He used to, uh, you know, I vividly remember before the 2013 training camp him him meeting with us on the first day uh so this is something since he returned to power that yeah the antenna did go up but as 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 we did expect it was the the first question was about the vaccination rate the question was directed to nick sirianni and nick handed it over to howie so we could assume the reason why howie was up there was to address those questions uh or at least among the reasons. And so Howie was the one who delivered the news, but it was important. He was up there for two other topics. And that is Zach Ertz being at training camp. And even though Howie can't specifically address the Sean Watson, um, there were other ways that that question came up today. Mm-hmm. So what did he say about Deshaun Watson? Well, he said, first of all, that, you know, you know, you got to find a way to ask this question without getting, you know, I'm not allowed to talk about other players and other teams, which he can't, which, which is like, he, he can't come forward and and talk about the Sean. Yeah. So I tried to, I tried to give it like, uh, what, how how did I ask it? I said, what, like, uh, what level of homework, you know, have you done on available quarterbacks around the league via trade or something along those lines? Mm -hmm. Well, well, you asked about um, 
available quarterbacks. And and first he he kind of joked with you about the right. short list, right? You know, it's right. like if they're going to add somebody, but yeah, they got they've got Jamie Newman, you know, back on the <laughs> sure. short list. Uh, so so he said they're they're always kind of doing their due diligence. That's their time around the draft and in the, in in the trade market. Um, they are always, and it's not like I expected we were going to get a a uh, an honest answer here, but you got to ask the question. So then he was asked um, again uh, later on about, you know, it was implied the connection to Deshaun Watson. What does that mean for Jalen Hurts? And and he said they're they're hoping Jalen Hurts takes the reins and runs with it. He he thinks it's it's or he finds it funny that the Eagles are always uh, associated with players who are bandied about. Um, And he said that it's 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 because they have all these draft picks. It's not just because of that. It's often because they are involved in a lot of discussions. I mean, they're one of the teams that are more active on the track. I thought that's what he was going to say is that we have a reputation of being active because he likes to tout that out. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, you know, and Howie has said this before that they that they always make the call. Right. Or or, or like they'll 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 Mm. always uh, explore the price, that that kind of thing now. So. In the case of Deshaun Watson, I, I I will give my opinion here. The classic uh, million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Everybody's got a price. Yeah. So I look. I, I know <laughs> we're we're going to talk about practice, but it it would be neglecting what's going on with the team if if we did not address this. And I, I would also point out, check out Shield's article from Monday, where Shield kind of outlines some of the questions associated with this. Um, my opinion is is the variable that that we cannot or that we just don't know enough about is whether Deshaun Watson will be playing football this year. Right. That there, there are, did you see the reports from Texans training camp today? That he was uh, helping out the defense or something like that. Yeah. He's like working as a scout team running back and safety. And they said, because he, he wasn't there during the off season program. I mean, Steven Nelson was signed what like 24 hours ago and he was with the first team defense. So I, I don't put, yeah, that it's such a silly, it's such a silly charade that, all the sides have to go through right now. Like exactly just send him home and say, you're not going to, and say, you're going to keep paying him and like, let yes. it be done with. So there's, there are these, these 22 civil cases. It's of course there, uh, there's the, whatever happens with the league. He's not on the commissioner's exemplist at, at the moment. And then um, if there are any criminal uh, charges now, now there's, there's nothing at the moment. Is that correct? Uh, I so, think I uh, no, I think recently like 10 women have gone there have been charges yeah but yeah so, I mean yeah the whole thing is so there so nothing has that, changed nothing has yeah, changed so there, from when all the stuff came out like just so, because he's reporting to camp doesn't mean there's going to be a deal now yeah so uh, there are criminal complaints pending but yeah um so I I I want to differentiate between complaints and charges there um but that's a variable that I, I frankly can't. Oh, well, I, I frankly can't speak with much education about at, at, at the moment because I, I don't know what's going on there. What I can say is that if Deshaun Watson is able to play football, which, which, which would mean that there's some type of clarity on those accounts and, and teams are interested in training for him, the Eagles would be at the top of that list, right? Not oh. just because of, the resources they have, but Deshaun Watson as a player is is one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. And if you're of the opinion that that like wait and see, uh, Jalen Hurts, the best case some scenario for Jalen Hurts would be like 
within a stratosphere of what Deshaun Watson has already achieved at, you know, what the age of, of 26. So there are um, obvious questions that go beyond I, I football just, here like, from a football perspective. He's, he, I think we can agree. He's, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Sure. Okay. Um, I just, I find it hard to believe like if they were to do that, and I mean we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of time to talk about Deshaun Watson, I suppose. We don't need to get into it all now. But like uh, I first of all, like I wouldn't blame you if you're an Eagles fan and you fe- and you view this as sort of like a like a tipping point where if they do this, you're out. Um I just like it's hard to it's it would be hard to believe Jeffrey Lurie when he talks about these social issues if they go out and trade like multiple first round picks for Deshaun Watson. And, you know, like he's already won a Super Bowl. You know, it's not like he has to make these concessions, you know, to try to get that, 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 you know, one ring, you know, he's getting older. If you really care about these things, you don't have to, you don't have to cross that line. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think there's, there's I mean, a lot that, more clarity that, 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 that must come forward with this before and before I that conversation think it's could, really gross i mean it's but like but yeah I, it's I, gross I, I for us to even be talking about it yeah. like like I, yeah that's what I'm so saying. much I think has to be resolved i don't know why exactly exactly just because he's i mean it's because he's he's at training camp and they want to trade him but there is there is no reason uh nothing has changed from the offseason when this stuff first came out um, and more and more things continue to come out. Nothing has changed since then in terms of like the uh, toxicity of, of potentially bringing him in. So, yeah, that's that's a conversation. Now that said, like, you know, as you as you talked about, like Howie Roseman has has talked about how when he came back into power, like he was obsessed with getting a franchise quarterback. And so we know that he is, um, you know, apoplectic to be back in in the in the situation where he needs to find one uh that's true and like you know you see like rumors every now and then about interest in like you know Xavier howard or anything like that those for they're not going to give up a first round pick until they have their quarterback like i'll that, just say those that, like, picks all, are earmarked for finding a quarterback all all these reports about the that are linking the eagles to deshaun watson it's 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 not just speculation because of the eagles draft picks right like there's 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 right, enough there, there, and there are reputable people who are saying this. That what is believed in the league, I I, I think has has some type of merit behind it. But I, I I also emphasize it's premature to have that conversation because there is not yet clarity on what his status yeah. is going to be. Uh, now I did think the way that they talked about Jalen Hurts today, um, specifically Sirianni, was a little bit different than the way they talked about him in the spring. You know, saying, um. We want to see him take the reins and run with it. Uh, you know, I asked if Flacco is going to get first team reps because we saw at other positions where there are competitions, we saw them already rotating reps with the first team. And uh, he, he basically, you know, he didn't say no without, he, he said no without saying no. Like, it, it, they, they want Hurts to be the guy. And of course, like, as we've been saying all along. And Hurts uh, is going to be the guy. But yeah, he is. But it's, it's, it's a little bit different than in the spring when he was just hammering competition competition sure. yes i i i would be surprised if joe flacco takes meaningful first team snaps this summer so would i um, it would be ridiculous so and i i think joe flacco knows that as well uh the, I, I mean this is not like 
competing for the defensive end spot, which we will get to, or some or the left tackle spot. Well, I, know, I, but, I mean, Jalen Hurts is. But if it's competition, that's why I'm at. That's why I asked the question. True, true. Well, so uh, no, I I I don't foresee that happening. But I I still think that their rhetoric. I think their rhetoric is fine. Like they don't have to come out and say, you know, I, I've, I've, I've heard the school of thought that like they, they need to name Jalen Hurts the starter. I, I, I think that's that. I agree with that. That they need I, to name him the no, starter. No, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, but like, this messaging is different than it was in the spring. Sure, sure. This well, is well, the right well, messaging. In the spring, it was like he was he kept being like caught off guard by being asked about the starting quarterback. Sure. Like, uh, this is this is the appropriate thing to say. Like we're in no, there's no reason to to. It, it's not like you need to make a public declaration. Like we know where this is going, but exactly. like let's let it get there. Like let let that let the thing play out. And I, I, on the other extreme, I I don't read much into it for them. Like not going overboard, like making him their franchise guy either, because he's not right now. They they are in a wait and see period. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So so but what they're doing is they're going to get as as strong an evaluation as they can on Jalen Hurts over these next few weeks and these next few months, uh assuming there's 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 no trade during training camp and they will have they will have their answer at some point. So that yeah, so it was Hurts for his first practice, and that was a big part of the press conference today. Well, and, oh. and another thing that Howie Roseman said uh, during that press conference, which is definitely true, and we have talked about, is like, you know, you know, Howie is always talking about it. Always starts up front, and that's true. Like they have what should be a good offensive line if everybody stays healthy, and that is like that is a key part of being able to evaluate Jalen Hurts. Like, you know, Jalen Hurts last year at the end of the season was playing behind a. Uh, uh, you know, a slipshod group of players. So like, that is true. If you want to, you want to be able to evaluate him, it's going to be important that he has like, you know, a functioning cast of supporters around him. That is absolutely correct. And how he kept emphasizing the jump from year one to year two, often you hear it within the context of, I mean, one of these things that's just more said than true. Yeah. Uh, well, like you often hear it in, in the context of the second year in a system, right? Now, I, I I do think that the second year in in the league, there is you know players are more comfortable in year two than in year one. But first off, last year was just such a a crazy year all around, not just with the team, but in 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 the league in the country. That it, there's, I think everything this year compared to last year is 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 going to be night and day, but. I, I don't know if that will translate into performance, right? Because, you know, there are still a, a lot of things Jalen Hurts must improve upon as a quarterback that I don't think is just the, the that time and experience are the answers for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that's fair. Anything else Zach Ertz, from, yes, from yes, Zach Ertz. Yeah, yeah, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is here. Zach Ertz. Looking, they, looking different, looking a little different. Yes, the blonde hair. Like yeah, not, and, the platinum and blonde, blonde is an understatement. Platinum blonde, exactly. What uh, would it take? What would it take for you to go platinum blonde? Is there some kind of bet we can make that would not a bet that, no. that we can get? No, you to no. Go? Now I vividly recall How about in charity six, in six uh, charity. Yeah, I, I mean, I I always want to be you know like charitable and philanthropic. I I don't know how how I don't know what my hair would have to do with it, well, but. I remember in the sixth grade, 
Like people putting sun in, in their hair. Is that mm. right? Oh yeah. You get the, the frosted tips. I, I did not. Uh, right. Like I, I neither did I. My I, brother did it once. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did not, but I, I do vividly recall a lot yeah, of my it was friends. a big phase. Yeah. A, a lot of my friends going with that. What's uh, the number? What's your price? And, and to what charity could we get listeners to, to, uh, uh to donate in order to get you to turn your turn your hair blonde for 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 a month i mean like respectfully uh <laughs> i i love my marriage and uh you know i, I think that's something i would probably have to run by my okay. wife first maybe the charity uh, maybe the charity yeah. is is your wife <laughs> yeah yeah um so if if she signs off on it then perhaps it's something we can discuss but okay. uh that's that's that should not be a drop or podcast fodder or anything of that nature Okay, so Ertz is here. <laughs> yes, and, and Ertz do, is do here. Do you buy? Do, what do you What do you think? How do you so, think this plays out? I'm I'm fascinated to see, right? Because he's he's here, and he's he's not here in like the Deshaun Watson sense, where they're just right. having him do other. Like he's he's taking first team snaps, like reps. Are, he's chirping yeah. at uh, TJ Edwards for hitting somebody too hard. Exactly. Like he's 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 here, and they are not cutting him. I I, I think they've made that clear so far. I still think they would like to trade him. And I still think that the, the Sam Bradford example, right. And, and we've talked about this, that, uh, you know, the market is, is based on different market conditions and those market conditions can change, right. A tight end can get hurt elsewhere. A depth chart can not look as good as a team thought going into camp, like the demand for a tight end could change over these next few months. And if they're, oh, I'm sorry, not these next few months, these next few weeks, and if a team is looking for a tight end, then Zach Ertz is probably the the, the, the best one a team could acquire at this point. Um, that said, there's also the possibility that those market conditions are that those market conditions do not change and the market is what it has been or even worse. And then the Eagles are going to have a decision to make. And they say Howie Roseman said that they're planning on having him with the team this season. Now, uh, it would be more news if Howie Roseman said, you know, we're just going to have him here for the next four right. weeks, then cut him. But still, this is I'm, I'm fascinated to see because we've talked about it on the podcast. And I asked Nick Sirianni about this today. The way you play, the way your offense is going to look is different if Zach Ertz is here. I agree that that like if you well, well, because if you're talking about your five best skill position players, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are among them. But like we've seen over the past two, three years, when you are boxed in the 12 personnel it changes the the shape of the offense it changes what you're able to do and it it, it could have an effect on let's say Devonte smith or jalen rager's progress if you think jalen rager is really going to develop in the slot um so i'm very curious to see what happens i still think it makes sense at this point for both sides to find some type of resolution i um but i am staying out of this this uh prediction business because if we spoke at the, on the day after the season, I would have said in March, they would settle this. And if we spoke in March, I would have said by the draft. And if we spoke after the draft, I would say once June 1st comes and at June 1st, I probably said, well, by training camp. Right. And, and so here we are, it's training camp. I don't know what's going to happen. You have to acknowledge the possibility that he could be back with the team, in which case both of us screwed up in the flit squad draft. Um, but mm. uh, it would, it, it really, changes the complexion of the offense if Zach Ertz is out there and not necessarily in a bad way because he's a really talented player. He's a really smart player. But like we said, it changes the personnel groupings that you're going to use. 
Well, I said I know you said you don't want to be in the prediction business, but give me your turkeys. What are your turkeys that Zach Ertz is on the roster in week one? 40. You think 40-60? 40-60. Okay. I think that's probably fair. I think I might, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to be a prisoner of the moment and have recency bias, but I'm starting to think that he will be on the roster. I might go, like, 51. Oh, that's... I mean, and, and what would you do? Uh, like if you're Nick Sirianni, what would you do? Well, what do you mean if I'm, I mean, if I'm Sirianni, I, I, I play him as the number two tight end. You play him. Okay. So what percentage of the snaps are you, are you giving? Uh, him? I mean, he's probably, he's probably playing about 40% of the snaps. You're going to have an unhappy Zach Ertz in the building. Well, I've probably got an unhappy Zach Ertz in the building regardless. You do. That, that is also true. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. I, I I mean, there are worse things than having a competent player on the roster and, and then hoping that you can flip him later. That is correct. Um, but, the, and we talked about this today. There's also, and when I say we talked about this today, it was, uh, I'm like having a conversation with you as if our, our listeners understand. We were talking about it at practice, you and I, uh, there's an opportunity. Yeah, it, was, it was an unreleased episode. <laughs> yeah. There, is an opportunity cost associated with this that for every snap Zach Ertz is on the field in 12 personnel with the first team offense or even in 11 personnel, right? That's that's time that somebody else is not getting with the first team. So, well, if- I think that's I, I just I mean, that's true, but I think it's a little overstated only because like, you know, first of all, it's not like you want Dallas Goddard to play 100% of the snaps. Second of all, it's not like you know, the, the fewer snaps that he plays, maybe that's a tiny little incremental edge in the uh, extension contracts with Dallas Goddard if he's a little bit less productive. Um, like, a lot of guys play over the course of a season. Like, you're going to play a second tight end anyway. Um, I, like, it's it's a reason, the opportunity cost in terms of, like, development for guys is a reason why I don't, I think it's silly that if they're keeping Ertz, they signed Richard Rodgers and they could have just signed him in, you know, mid-August. Like, I think they should be giving that time to uh, these younger guys. But it, like a, a player of Ertz's caliber, I think it's I think it's fine. I think the bigger thing is if you really do want to trade him, then you're risking him getting injured. During camp. OK, um, All that's right. the it, thing. It, and then, and then his his his, uh, you know, cap is, is stuck on your or his money is stuck on your cap. For sure. Season. Sure. And, and and that's a good point. Um, my my 30 seconds on the opportunity cost is if. If you have six weeks to prepare for the season, you're introducing this new offense, you have a new starting quarterback, you're getting used to that personnel, and let's say they trade Zach Ertz before cutdown day, right? And so you burned five of those weeks um, using like uh, using Zach Ertz in a system and really making sure he's on the field during training camp and then he's not out there. Um, that's That's time. Those are reps that could have been allocated elsewhere. So I, so that's what I say with uh, with the opportunity cost. Like, are you is the price going to be that much better in five weeks that you're willing to pay that opportunity cost? Yeah, I think that's fair. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. Anything else from the uh, the press conferences that we should hit on? We can intersperse it over the uh, the practice ops, the, the Quactus report. But I was saying the practice observations. Okay. But the the uh, Jalen Hurts press conference uh, was not. I mean, Jalen is uh, He's well. Got his sayings. What do you think? Yes. The lamp is never full. What do you think that means? I was wondering that. Uh, the lamp is never full. I was, I was, I was wondering that. Um, what do you think? So are we talking, we're talking like an old school lamp that like an oil lamp, like he's like a whaler, like, yeah, that's how I interpreted it. That, that. Cause it's always, because it's never full because it's always burning. Like you're, yeah. the fact that the lamp is on means that it's using some of the oil and so it can always be replenished. And so, um, like, there's always something more that you could put in, some, a little bit more you could be better at practice. I mean, he did not have a good practice, but that's well, that so, was his response when asked how he did. Yeah, so I I, I don't know the Bible well, but I, I believe there is a parable about, um, about a lamp. So it, it could be associated with that. Mm. I'm trying to think here. It sounds about right. Uh, all our listeners, if if... If uh, if if you can explain the the lamp is never full, I would I I should have followed up with that, frankly. But hmm. I tried to ask with that, but then he moved on. It's okay. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk practice. I think uh, uh, the big news, I I guess if if you would call it that, is uh, they split reps at left tackle uh, with Jordan Mailata and Andre Dillard. But Andre Dillard was the the nominal. First team left tackle today. He got a few more reps. He was lined up with the first team in individual and, and position drills. Um, and then when they had had team drills, he got the first crack and he got a few more cracks. Um, I, f- I found that tied for the biggest takeaway from the depth chart today. Okay. Uh, I mean, we can stick on the left tackle, but while we're just summing up, I, the thing that jumped out to me that I thought was, was a, a somewhat big development was – Josh Sweat getting first team snaps over Derek Barnett. See, I don't think that was a big deal. Okay, and why not? Well, because those guys are going to rotate a lot anyway. It's a nice. I think it's an. It's it, it's it raised my eyebrows. Yeah, um, but it's not like those you guys are both that, going to play. And yes, but 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 you say that they're going to rotate anyways. Derek Barnett has been the starter here since 2008 or since yeah since 2018 right um he has not I think been, it was a bigger deal that like you know Davion Taylor was working with the ones today well Alex Singleton uh well was yeah out. sure yeah, but so true so, could have been TJ yeah he so, would have been on the third yeah, team but, last year still but the Eagles have a decision to make at defensive end unless you believe they're going to pay both these guys I think they can it's pay both be one guys. or the other 
Okay. So, so we will save that, but so we let's get back to the left tackle. Um, yeah. Dillard was the first one up and they rotated. They even rotated within. Um, periods. Yeah. Periods, which you don't often see at this is, I, I mean, this is wide open. If, if you are of the opinion, it's a true, it's a true classic training camp battle. It doesn't get any tighter than this. It's great. Yes, and, and as Jason Kelsey said, it's like, it's, this is a life changing deal. Like, being a starting left tackle in the NFL means a lot of money. Exactly. Especially for Jordan Mailata, right? Like, right. Especially well, for Mailata. Like not to dismiss, you know, uh, um, I mean, do, you know, the, the second contract's always bigger than the first one, but like Andre, Andre Dillard was a first round pick right. who, you know, signed a, 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 a lucrative four year contract with a fifth year option. Um, in the case of, of Jordan Mailata, like he was a seventh round pick, right? Like he's, 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 he's done well for himself by, by any standard, but he's entering his contract year. If he's the starting left tackle, you're looking at like, just, just the type of contract that, that one can only dream of. So yeah, Jason Kelsey was absolutely correct about that. So what do you make of, of Dillard having the, you know, slight edge at the start of camp? Do you perceive that as as a slight edge? Uh yeah, I do. A slight edge. Okay. So so that's what I'm curious about. Like I I don't know if I if if the first one on the first day means that he's ahead. Uh I don't know if it's just that they wanted to see more of him there because they they really don't have a, a lot of tape with him next to, you know, um well yeah, so they, what's they interesting about what's in interesting about the left uh, about the offensive line competition is I do believe that it is unlike competitions elsewhere because I I, I think that Jeff, Jeff Stoutland has the leeway uh, to like run this how he wants and to make this decision himself. Don't you think? I do. I do. Now I I think and I don't that... li- listen. There's a difference between Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line like coach and Jeff Stoutland, the evaluator, like, you know, Jeff Stoutland has in the past, you know, when Jason Peters was, was a shell of his former self self, like Stoutland still wants the experienced guy. Like that's not, doesn't necessarily mean it's the right decision. Um, and, and not for nothing, but like Jordan Maialata was like their fourth option last year at, exactly. left, at, at left tackle. So right. Uh, like Jordan Maialata only played because, they, they, you know, Jason Peters got hurt and then Matt Pryor didn't look good when he was right. out there. Like, so yeah, I, and he was I, behind Driscoll. I mean, at right tackle, yes. but yeah, yes. like, so I trust Stalin to develop these guys. I don't know. I like, you know, he certainly deserves uh, the right to, to name the starter, but um, I don't know. Like I just, like you cannot tell me that Dillard deserves to be the front runner. Uh, based on the way that the two of them have played. Now, maybe it's a reward for Dillard, you know, having a better offseason, showing up in great shape. You know, your reward is you get you get it the first day. I mean, they know what they're doing. Like, they know that who gets more snaps on day one is going to be a story. So, like, yes, uh, that should not catch them by surprise. I'm just, I'm interested to see, like, you know, tomorrow is my lot of going to get a few more snaps. Sure. Um, that's I, I guess we we have to see how it plays out over the first couple of days, whether it's going to be ping ponging back and forth in terms of opportunity or um, it's more of like a, you know, like a ladder race where where Dillard is at the top rung right now and Mylotta has to overtake him at some point. 
Uh, yes, I and, and, and that's why I do think we need to detach ourselves a bit from the day to day. And we are covering this day to day, but a, a looking at more of the body moment of in time. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Moments. Um, OK, um, well, let's stick with the offense first and then we can get to the defense. Um, uh, three receivers down today. No Greg Ward, no Jalen Rager. No Quez Watkins. So J.J. Ortega-Whiteside got to work as the first-team slot receiver um, alongside Travis Fulgham and Devontae Smith. Now, they also rotated those three guys in terms of who was inside, who was outside. But but J.J. was there, which, you know, it's if I told you yesterday that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was going to be uh, with the starting offense on day one, you would think that was, that was uh, interesting. But given the personnel, it's not like they were going to put, uh, you know, Michael Walker or Jamon Osborne out there. So... Uh, it sort of made sense. And uh, as for the quarterbacks, you know, I didn't think, I didn't think anybody looked particularly good. So the the uh, the format of practice today, they did uh, mostly red zone work and then a couple uh, team sessions and uh, the defense had had the better of the play. Um, yes. Uh, Hertz was intercepted by Josiah Scott at one point in red zone, seven on seven. Kayvon Wallace almost picked him off, made a nice play. Uh, TJ Edwards almost picked up Joe Flacco. Flacco had a couple Thorson throws early on where he sailed him way out of bounds where nobody had a chance to catch him. But um, it's, 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 you don't want to, you don't want to read too much into it, but it is, it is usually the case that in the beginning of camp, the defense is going to be ahead. Correct. Uh, Although I, I played out today. Yeah, but I I don't think the offense played well, right? Like I I don't think this was, this was the defense being, it was a pretty sloppy day overall. Yes. Um, Yes. Like, you know, there were like there were some like you know there were some like hard hits, which yeah. Like, what did you make think, of that? I don't think that Sirianni wanted that. Like, I don't I don't okay. think those were good. Like, Tyree Jackson had like the play of the day when he runs over Rashad Smith, um, but like, is he supposed to be doing that? I don't know. Like, T.J. Edwards is knocking guys to the ground. I don't, I don't know if those are things that are like uh, they're going to be the, the coaching staff is going to be happy about or upset about. So it's it's interesting you brought this up, and I. And we discussed this at practice as well. The defense, from my observations, were were uh, were really trying to like extend the play in terms of stripping the ball out, forcing the turnover. That is something that was discussed mm. by Jonathan Gannon and the defensive players during the uh, offseason program. However truncated it was, but it, it it was notable that like usually. A pl- in past practices we see when they're not in pads, a play just ends, right? In in this case, there was a thud at the end. Usually in uh, the defense would try to strip the ball. There was one time when there was like a fumble recovery, but it was like a little bit after the, the, the play seemed to end. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think part of it might've been deliberate on the side of the defense in terms of forcing turnovers. Um, the other like main attraction in terms of matchup today was we got to see a lot of Devonte Smith against uh, Darius Slay, which was interesting. And they both, they both had their wins and, and uh, practice closed out with uh, back-to-back plays where Jalen Hurts was rolling to his left and threw for Devonte Smith in the end zone from the red zone. And it went through Smith's hands. It was going to be a very difficult catch. And then on the next play, he's rolling right and he hits uh, Devonte Smith for a touchdown. So um, no, uh, no wasting time in terms of, you know, Smith being the, uh, the top target for, for this offense. Yes. Now the Jalen hurts throw a uh, rolling left. It, it's always odd to, um, for me when, when 
the design of the play is for the quarterback to roll, roll to the other way. Yeah, because we saw like a, now we saw a lot of Jalen Hurts rolling today. Correct. And um, I asked him about this. Right. And so the question is, is that how the plays were designed or is that him just playing football? Yes. And he said that running will be a, a last resort type thing. My personal opinion is that shouldn't be the case, right? Like if if Jalen Hurts is your quarterback, double down on what Jalen Hurts does well. And that's not to say Jalen Hurts can't pass the ball, but you are getting like a special running quarterback when you just look at, at what he's able to do. Um, I would lean into that. So I'm I'm curious this now it's it's different than what Nick Sirianni has had in the past. Um, you know, he he's had quarterbacks with good mobility. Andrew, Andrew Luck's a good athlete. Jacoby Brissett, uh, he could run a bit. Um, I mean, Philip Rivers couldn't. Um, but uh, but he he hasn't had a quarterback like Jalen Hurts. And so I would lean in to uh to Jalen Hurts' ability. And 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 so I'm I'm curious to watch is this a part of the offense or is this Jalen Hurts when a play's breaking down, him him rolling out? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll see. A lot of these things, it's like we're we're interested and we're asking these questions, and you know we're gonna have to wait a couple of days to see how things sure. play out. Um, I think that's about it for the offense in terms of what was interesting. Uh, Kenny Gainwell uh, getting some snaps with some the snaps first with the team ones, offense. Yeah. Yep. Nick Nick Mullins is um, smaller than I expected for a starting in a, or in a former starting NFL quarterback. So uh, real quick, while we're on the quarterbacks, um, our colleague Mike Sando has an article out today uh, that mm, we look one of the, to one of the ten year. polls. Yes, which is season, which is the QB tiers, and it was just interesting from an Eagles perspective that uh, among the quarterbacks who were ranked was Joe Flacco. Mm. Did you see that? Wasn't um, he dead I, last? He was 34. So I, so I, I, I think 34 quarterbacks got votes in this. Right. right. And um, I so think Jalen ex- Hurts didn't was, he explain that the reason he was included is because the Eagles they haven't announced Hertz it. As gotcha. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Hertz was, I believe 30. I, I don't have it in front of me. Hertz was 31, I believe. And mm. Flacco was 34, but the comments on Flacco were unkind from the anonymous people who, who discussed there. I'm pulling it over mm. uh, 50 coaches and evaluators ranked the league starters. Yeah. So Flacco's in there because they haven't uh, announced this totally yet. Who's the starter, but Flacco would be last among the potential starters at 34. Uh, you had Taysom Hill at 33. Right. You had Tyrod Taylor at 32, Drew Locke at 31, Jalen Hurts at 30. Who was 29? Tua. And mm, okay. 28 was Andy Dalton, uh, okay. 27, Cam, uh, Cam Newton, 27, Bridgewater, 26, Jameis, 25. Wait, is, is Mac uh, Jones on the list? And Sam Darnold's 24. Or they didn't, do they not? Include no, no, they, uh, they did not include Mac no Jones. Here. Yeah. So okay. this is tier four, which is the, which is the, the lowest tier is and a tier four quarterback could be an unproven player with some upside or a veteran who is ultimately best suited as a backup. And so, among that group, uh, Flacco was number 30 overall, and then Joe Flacco, number 34 overall. QB tiers, of course, not to be confused with uh, liberal tiers, which is what uh, we're all crying because Carson Wentz is wearing a mask, not vaccinated. I mean, it's a real it's a it's a thing that could affect the Eagles uh, draft pick compensation. It very well could. It's uh, true. Would you right? like to explain like, that? He, yeah. 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 Like, that. I mean, if Carson Wentz test positive or is a close contact and he's unvaccinated 
he risks mi- missing, you know, a game or multiple games. And that's going to affect the uh, the threshold for what makes it a first or second round pick. The, you know, the amount of snaps that he plays. Uh, yeah, I, I also think players need to like uh, uh, from a semantics perspective, uh, differentiate between personal decision and private decision. Like the right. fact that it's a personal decision is, is why you were being asked, right? Like if right. If, if Frank, well, well, uh, Frank Reich, who uh, who has COVID right now, but uh, Frank Reich's vaccinated. If 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 Boward, their GM, is asked, is Carson Wentz vaccinated, and he says that's a your he says it's a personal decision. Well, so Carson Wentz was asked personally because it's his personal decision, mm-hmm. and he says it's a personal decision. It, that's the, I think the semantics would be more private decision, right? Or would, right. Okay. I mean, if you're Ballard, you must be pissed. Like, you know, you train for this guy and there's like questions about his leadership and he comes in and he's, he's not being a good leader. Like, you know, you're not going to sign this guy. I mean, it depends on how he plays, I guess, but I'd yeah. So, well, so we'll, we'll, I mean, it does have, like we talked about at the top of the show, the league hasn't incentivized it. So whatever um, personal reasons one has, uh, it, the, from a football perspective, right. Um, it, it, you're, you're really putting your team in a tough spot from a like day-to-day perspective, but then also if you were to contract the illness. Hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's move our attention to the defensive side of the ball. And as you said, Josh Sweat getting a, a few more reps with the uh, ones at right defensive end than Brandon, uh, uh, Derek, uh, Barnett. Derek Barnett, rather. Um, although they both did uh, rotate in at different times. Uh, Davion Taylor with no Alex Singleton playing next to Eric Wilson, which was interesting. Uh, only one linebacker out. You know, it could have been Sean Bradley. It could have been TJ Edwards. But no, it is Davion Taylor. And then on the outside, Darius Slay and Steven Nelson. Uh, Nelson thrown right away into the mix with the first team. And uh, the two of them were switching sides throughout practice. And really the theme of practice on defense was, uh, as Gannon said, like, you know, they're going to be multiple. They're going to do all these different things. That's true. That's what they did. Um, Maddox was in the slot with the first team, but at some times he was replaced by Jannard Avery as the stand-up Sam linebacker. You had Kayvon Wallace and... Anthony Harris at safety at times, you know, there was a time where there were only three down linemen. We saw uh, some different things moving around. So, uh, you know, we are, we are going to see different looks from this defense than we have, than we have seen in the past. Yes. True to his, his word there. Uh, I thought, were you surprised? Uh, Like I thought Sirianni was a little bit more subdued than I was expecting throughout practice. And Gannon was the one who was making the most noise. Was not, was not particularly taken aback by that. No. Okay. Well, I mean, we just we we think of Sirianni as this rah rah guy. He was he seemed more uh, cool, calm, and collected, focused on uh, the script. He's the head coach. He's got a lot going on. Okay, all right. Just saying. <laughs> um, some other stuff. Uh, Milton Williams working at both defensive end and defensive tackle. 
um, throughout practice. That was uh, something somewhat interesting. Fletcher uh, Cox said he's backing up Brandon Graham right now. Yeah, and I don't know if that's true. Um, I don't. I don't think that that's exactly right. I mean, he was he was playing defensive tackle throughout practice at different times. Um, and he all like Ryan Kerrigan is backing up Brandon Graham. Um, the second team secondary. Josiah Scott in the nickel had a nice interception, looked good, and looked bigger than I was expecting. I was about to say, you made that comment today. Yeah, I liked what I saw from him today. Um, the other uh, outside corners were Michael Jaquette and then Craig James rotating with Zach McPherson. Zach McPherson, we were curious to see whether he would play on the inside or the outside. He played only on the outside today. And then at safety with the twos, again, no, uh, no Andrew Adams and no Rodney McLeod. So it was... Marcus Epps and Elijah Riley, baby. Really doubling down on Elijah Riley. I mean, he's already <laughs> ascended to a second team, second team safety. But uh, by the way, I just want to make this comment here. Uh, my guess is that Jonathan Gannon was listening to the Flit Squad draft because Kayvon Wallace and Davion Taylor both both mm. getting uh both getting some uh, there run there, right? So he's he's trying to pump up my team. Well, we just need well, all I need is one rep at some point this summer of Josiah Scott playing safety, and then <laughs> I'm then I'm good to go. And you're good. Um, I think that was about it. Anything else jump out to you from practice? What about the overall atmosphere? What'd you make of well, the Sirianni practice? Well, real quick, I, I would say that, um, and this ties into the press conferences, right? Like, I'm uh, I'm used to Fletcher Cox being the centerpiece of the defense. And I'm not, this is not hyperbole. When the Eagles hired Jim Schwartz, one of the, the big points of emphasis from the organization was that, that Fletcher Cox is the player that they're building around and look at what defensive tackles in the past have done with Fletcher Cox. And, and Fletcher Cox very much likes being a three technique. All right. He, he has talked about that. Um, and, and so it was interesting today when he was asked about this defense, his answer was, I just do what I'm told. And then when he was asked about, yeah, his it was role, a little cold. Yes. And then when he was asked about his role, he said, well, all I know is that I was the three technique, you know? So, well, here's the thing. Fletcher Cox is not good enough anymore to build an entire defense around. That's just the truth. You know, like he, he's a, he is the best player on the defense, but he is not like an elite difference-making player anymore. Uh, well, this is, this is a old. big thing to monitor. You know, he, you know Brandon Thorne, the, the, uh, the expert on what's going on in the trenches, he had his you know, top 50 uh, offensive and defensive linemen a, a couple weeks ago. And he fairly, like he's got, Fletcher Cox is the seventh best defensive tackle in the league. So that's really good. But he is not the same guy he was two, three years ago who was like just a notch behind Darren Donald and and like changing the way that offenses had to play. Well, he has the biggest cap charge on the team outside of Carson Wentz's dead money. He has a $23.9 million cap charge this year, uh, which is like significantly more than, than anyone on the team. Lane Johnson's next at 17.9. Zach Ertz is third at, at 12.7, right? So uh, like Fletcher Cox, they need him to be great. They need him to be elite. When you're paying someone that type of money, um, you you need him to be like a top of the league type player. So I'm I'm fascinated to see how Cox looks in this defense. And 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 like we've talked about 
this offseason. There's a big decision coming up with Fletcher Cox after this year. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, anything else? Anything else you want to touch on? No, I think uh, I think that was good for uh, day one. Of, of wow, what, what, uh, was a, what an practice. unbirds with friends like episode jam packed with real news. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and it was a, it was a short um, practice from like like they were only out there for an for hour and 20 minutes <laughs> for an hour and 20 minutes or so. Uh, there's a lot of emphasis from Sirianni on the post practice work. Like there's a lot of time that was that seemed allocated to guys doing individual work after practice. Right. Um, and, you know, but they they ended around uh, they started at, at 10 o'clock. They ended around. 11, 19 or so, I, I, I think. But then a lot of the guys didn't leave the field until like 11, 45 mm. or so. So they were out. The, so they were out there. You asked about the environment. Yeah, they're, uh, it, it seemed closer to training camp practices of, I wasn't going to say of old, like when they were at Lehigh, but of like 2018, 2017, 2019, uh, before, obviously everything was, was different last year, but uh, things seem closer to normal than they've been in the past year. Uh, also at practice today, uh, some members of the Sirianni family, which gives us a chance to, for you to uh, to plug your delightful story on the background of Nick Thank Sirianni you. in Jamestown, New York. Yes, I appreciate you saying that. We are out, we have a hard out. I, I know that because you have father duties coming up here. But uh, uh, I drove, as I teased the other night during the Ospreys. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> uh, I drove to Jamestown in June. Uh, spent uh, I spent some time out there really trying to see how Nick Sirianni shaped him. It, it stood out to me during Sirianni's first few months on the job how often he mentioned like his hometown and his brothers in his public comments, right? Uh, he, he, it was, it, it was like deliberate. And, uh, you know, I, I, I learned quite a bit about Nick. Uh, a few things jumped out to me. One, like his personality, what is, you know, I've had people kind of compare him to Ted Lasso. Uh, it is genuine. It's, it's not contrived. Like this is, this is Brandon how Graham he's always mentioned been. That today. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's like the the uh, the enthusiasm, um, the the earnestness, if you will, about football like that is that is genuine. And and he he gets excited about things. He got excited after the press conference about uh, Paul Domowicz was was wearing a Wilkes University shirt. I believe it was a Wilkes College or Wilkes University. But Nick's brother was an offensive coordinator there at, at one point. Um, like he he he's very he's very excited excitable and, and, and enthusiastic and these uh concepts that he talks about competition and connection and fundamentals like they they trace back to how he was raised so uh that jumped out to me now i'm 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 not saying like i'm not saying whether or not he's going to be a successful coach ultimately the wins or losses will determine that but if you want to kind of get us i i feel i got a better idea of who he was by being there. And I, I, I do think there's, there's a lot of um, there's a lot in his personality that, that I, I think Eagles fans can appreciate number one. And, and number two, like, I, I don't think he's getting up there trying to act a certain way. I, I think it's genuinely who he is. All right. Well, we've got to have a, we got a lot coming your way daily pods as we always do for cranny camp. So 
we can cut this one and and we'll uh, we'll be back tomorrow and friday so thanks for joining us zach how you feeling i feel great i feel great excited for uh you know i i i don't need to set the alarm i i wake up as if it's on purpose so i'm i'm so excited okay awesome all right well are, are you the same way Bill? sorry I'm, I'm i'm tweeting out my practice notes and so i needed i needed to uh give give you a second to talk so i could pay gotcha. all right uh that'll do it thanks for listening we'll talk to you tomorrow you know watch the ospreys if you haven't seen them yet and uh as always we love you